and Numan, and we are excited to bring you yet another episode of our Meet the CEO series. Meet Isadora Picoton, CEO at Digital Africa, whose mission is to provide more inclusive and sustainable development by equipping Africa's tech entrepreneurs with capabilities to design and scale up groundbreaking innovations for the real economy. From over a thousand cities in 126 countries, KI Africa brings you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Who is Isadora Bikoton? I've been working for more than 20 years in uh, impact investment here in Africa, and I'm lucky enough to uh, I have discovered the tech industry 10 years ago, and I've been focusing on uh, investing and uh, mentoring early stage tech startups here on the continent. So I've been the, witnessing the how the ecosystem has bloomed and uh, how it is vibrant today. So uh, I used to be an investor and then it turns out I'm the CEO of Digital Africa. Uh, what we do at Digital Africa is we are an organization which mission is to make sure that the early stage tech startups on the continent have the right access to talent, data, early stage investment and visibility. So we offer them as in a platform approach, the, the, an easy access to all the, the investment, but the data also and the talent they would need. And what is very important for us is showcasing, giving an international window to the tech champions that are developing tech solution here on the continent, because we feel that as InstaDeep or Expansia or so many more, uh, what's going on here on the continent should inspire the world a lot more and therefore in, attract more uh, funds to be invested in these tech task startups. How did you end up at Digital Africa? I ended up in Digital Africa because I was, as I said, I was an investor. While being an investor, I was very frustrated to see lots of good startups that couldn't access the funds. So I decided I would go into uh, investment readiness program mentorship. So I would create investor readiness programs, but then I didn't have investment tickets to give to the wonderful champions. So I figured what we need is a platform approach where you can have at the same place, like a one-stop shop for the tech champions, where you would get access to talent, to data, to investor and to a network, an international network. So that's what we create at Digital Africa. In a sense, it's a community that we see as a family where the tech startup can come and break the loneliness of the entrepreneurship journey. And um, we work with more than 80 uh, ecosystem partners in 31 countries in Africa. We've been, uh, we've been working and it's 2,600 entrepreneurs throughout Africa that have benefited from our programs. Uh, and so, yes, that's how I ended up here is just because I really feel that uh, being an entrepreneur is a, can be a lonely journey and uh, an entrepreneur uh, and a startup is uh, first and foremost a collective adventure, specifically when it's in tech, because you need so many talent from with different expertise. What is the major challenge facing startups on the continent? Well, of course, there's a question of connectivity and access to the markets, which is huge. Um, but you know, uh, we are working. Uh, we we are working with the DFI on this topic, and we make sure that uh, um, the connectivity can be improved. Uh, for example, we support POA internet in Kenya. Uh, but uh, apart from this, I, I really feel that. Um, Access to the right business skills and soft skills are something which is key 
because here on the continent, you have lots of tech uh, champions, but sometimes they lack the business skills to make sure that they have a real product market fit. So for example, we're working with EdTech Connection in designing and developing an iterative tool, which is named Go Product Market Fit, to help the tech champions making sure that the tech solutions can actually reach a market. So for me, it's another challenge. It's uh, really, uh, how do I make sure that my uh, that, I, that I have a real business uh, that can be fund? Because, you know, uh, investors are here and they're looking for a profitable venture to invest in. So, um, but you can't do this on your own. An entrepreneur has to be, uh, has to have allies and has to have mentorship. The other thing is um, we have to create opportunity for talent to stay here on the continent. So that means uh, we have to showcase what's going on. And that's why we created Resilient Digital Africa, which is uh, with African News Agency, which purpose is really to show to the world what's going on here, but also to uh, the talent from Africa that have gone elsewhere. Rwanda is not uh, the country which is touched by this good people to seems to come back. Uh, it's the same in Senegal and Nigeria, but in other countries, there's really a brain drain, which is not okay. Um, tech talent uh, from, there's a lot of talent here in Africa. So let's uh, make sure that they get the proper opportunities and funding. Outside FinTech, what do you think are the next tech frontier sectors in Africa? We believe a lot in deep tech, not only because Instadeep has made a wonderful exit uh, couple of months ago, but uh, also, uh, so we are working with uh, Brain Africa with OST and MIT and uh, other partners to uh, make a study on deep tech startups here in Africa. Because what we see is there's a lot of uh, uh, data talents that are uh, pushing very far machine learning and IA solutions, but they are still under the radar. Most of them because they don't realize that they have profitable venture, you know, they, they are they are playing with the tech solution with very uh, very high high value uh, models, but they don't turn it into a venture. So for us, deep tech is the next. Um, we feel Africa has a place to take worldwide on the deep, in the deep tech scene. Uh, so we are going to publish very soon, like in the fall 2023, with uh, OST uh, a survey on uh, to showcasing some deep tech startups that are here and. Uh, assess with them what will help them to go to the next uh, phase of development. So in a nutshell, I think deep tech and ed tech also, because um, what we see is, uh, which is quite fascinating, to be honest, when I when I began my journey in the tech industry in Africa 10 years ago, uh, my dream was for uh, tech uh, ventures from Africa to expand worldwide. And now the dream has come true. <laughs> and uh, not as much as it could, but you know, Let's do it and let's make it happen. How can Francophone Africa startups catch up with the rest of the continent in terms of attracting funding? Yes, it's true that it's a shame, uh, and specifically with the winter uh, in investment that we had to face uh, late 2022, it's 81%. The drop in uh, Francophone Africa has been 81% in the amount of funds invested. So clearly there's an issue here. Um, in a nutshell, I would say that it's moving uh, in different countries in, in the term that government, like in Senegal, Ivory Coast, or Tunisia, even in Morocco, this become the ecosystem approach is coming. And, uh, you know, Silicon Valley was, uh, was uh, built upon public funding. So um, it's moving uh, in these countries. What we have developed uh, at Digital Africa is a specific fund named FUSE. 
which is uh, really dedicated to uh, tech champions operating in Francophone Africa. It's very small tickets of investment to make sure that these champions can actually initiate their entrepreneurship journey. We work with uh, more than 60 uh, venture builders, startup studios, partners on the ground to identify the promising uh, startups there. That's something that we do. And in terms of how do we tackle this, I think it's moving. It's coming. The next unicorn will be from there. Take Instadip. It's a Tunisian startup and, uh, uh, and exit uh, more than 630 million euros is not, is not nothing. Expensia is uh, going to be, it has been bought by a Swedish company. So really it's coming. We see in Senegal and in other places. Um, so, and, and, Countries are going, uh, are adopting now in Francophone Africa digital strategy. So I think in terms of mindset, it will change things also because it will, um, you know, if you have a, let's take Rwanda, for example, if you have a very coherent strategy towards a digital transformation, then it works and it attracts talents and funding. So I'm very optimistic. If you were to share one life lesson with 18 year old Isadora, what would that be? Well, the first thing I would say is um, if you innovate or if you are a change maker, it's normal that you feel lonely because you are opening doors that has not yet been opened. So um, you're not alone. Uh, being a, Of course, when you challenge the statu quo, it can be a lonely journey. So I would say to myself at 18, don't think you're crazy because you want to open these new doors. Just go for it and you will be surprised how many people will follow you. Um, so that would be my first advice. And the second one, which I really love about uh, the tech ecosystem here in Africa is the fact that for me, it's a very nice combination of conscious leadership. So willingness to be useful to my community and leveraging on technology to achieve my goals more quickly. So uh, going to the technology field, uh, it's very fun to uh, learn how to code. It's very fun. And it's and even if you don't become a tech person, you will get the mindset. And uh, that's the mindset of the 21st century. So you're not alone. And being a change maker, it's not that you don't feel comfortable and that people around you will not maybe have the same vision as you have, but trust your guts and just go for it. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index reversed early losses to close at about 0.4% up at 76,747 on Thursday after two straight sessions of drops, mainly driven by heavyweight tech process and NASPA's industrials and resource-linked sectors. Investors continue to assess the outlook for the global economy and interest rates while keeping an eye on corporate earnings. And a quick trip around Africa, the S&P Global Ghana PMI inched up to 50.5 in July of 2023 from 50.4 in the previous month, pointing to the sixth consecutive month of growth in the private sector. New orders expanded albeit at the slowest pace since February, while output was up modestly. Farms managed to build their stocks of purchases thanks to a solid increase in input buying and suppliers' delivery times shortened to the largest degree on record. Additionally, employment continued to grow for the eighth month running, although the rate of job creation was more as it quickened to its highest since April. On the price front, input cost inflation eased, attributed to softer rises in both purchase prices and staff costs with inflation at 38 and 17 month lows respectively. Finally, business confidence climbed for the fifth month to the strongest since January amid prospects of further improvement in new orders in the upcoming months. 
Thank you for always waking up with us. Good morning, Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at Pithidong. <laughs>